Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. If you're listening to this, it's also a video episode that will be on Mark's Daily Apple. The links are in the show notes for the video and the audio. I'm here with Danielle Schaff. She is a faith-based life coach, teacher, and recovering people pleaser who is all about you walking in your God-given worth. Vulnerability, salsa dancing, and traveling are a few of her favorite things. I spoke with her because I was on her incredible internet series summit called Walk in Your Worth. Yeah. series, which we'll be putting, uh, which is now over, but still accessible. So we will put the link in the show notes to connect to this, which is a variety of speakers uh, that Danielle uh, interviewed about this topic, walking worth, knowing your worth. And one of the things, well, let, I'll, I'll just ask you, because we'll get to some of the things we have in common, but what was the turning, you were a teacher, what were you doing that you were like, I'm not meant to do this, or I'm meant to do something else. I'm meant to give a message. I'm meant to coach people. I love that question. Thank you so much. So being a teacher, I also in turn had been a life coach because, you know, I I teach languages. So I'm a linguist by trade, but a a huge thing around learning another language is knowing that you're able, able and capable to do it. So if anyone's ever learned another language, it's really hard work. And you, and you need lots of like encouragement and like pep talks. (laughs) Literally every day, y'all, I was like, you can do this. You can learn English. You can do this. You have a reason you have a purpose. Like, because learning a language, learning anything new, as you know, L it it taps into your worth 10 times out of 10. Am I capable? Can I do this? Do I have the confidence? Do I have the dumb? I don't, I don't feel like I'm going to be able to get it. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I can never see myself succeeding. And so I just decided, you know what, instead of just talking about learning another language, I want to talk about your life. Where are these limiting beliefs coming from? Where are they stemming from? And how can you get to the other side to be doing the things that you really love and that you find purpose in and that you find joy in? Because life is so short. I mean, we're here one day and gone the next, and we're only given the moments that we're our day to day that we're given. And so the, it sounds cliche, but it just is so real. And I just came to this acknowledgement of there's just so many more people out there that I can reach and so many more people who could probably relate to what this unworthy mind game that we play with, play with ourselves and, and reach them and talk to them, encourage them and, you know, fight and encourage them alongside. So I switched from teaching to life coaching. I mean, I'm, yeah, essentially that's, that's it. Like, I just hate when people say I can't do something because it's just not true. Unless you really believe that, unless that's really what you believe. And guess what? I've been there. I'm, I'm still there. There's some, there's things I do every day to get me out of my comfort zone, to build confidence, to build competence, because to learn something new requires me to be humble and requires me to say, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to learn. I'm going to do it. And it takes an open mindset to be able to do that. Or like a cheerleader or a life coach or a friend to come in a confidence coach to be like, Hey, like you actually can do this. Let's just, let's tap, let's tap into where, where you're not believing. Let's tap into those areas where you're disbelieving, where you have, where you have, you know, limiting beliefs and let's expand them and have, you know, exciting beliefs about yourself, about God, about whatever it is that you're struggling with. 
Let's talk a little bit about uh, the struggle of being a people pleaser, because, you know, that's something when someone says to me, oh, I used to be a people pleaser. I'm like, oh, well, thank God you figured that out. <laughs> because <laughs> life sucks as a people pleaser, to be honest with you. It's really a bad road to go down. Um, and then we talked a little bit about how, you know, you had an alcoholic mother and anyone with an alcoholic parent. I also had an alcoholic father. There are varying degrees of this, right? Um, but here's the bottom line. Anybody who has an alcoholic parent, yes, the worst would be like, they beat you. Okay. Oh God. Right. Horrible torture, like awful behavior. And even though like you could go to the least innocuous, which is like my dad, who's just a joker drinking, sitting around getting drunk. Both scenarios are unavailability. Nope. They are not there. They are not present. They are abandoning. They are rejecting. It doesn't matter whether they're actively, even my dad being happy, joking around. Everyone wants to hang out with him having drinks. Yeah, but he still wasn't doing his job. He still dropped the ball as a dad, even though, but he kind of, I think I told you because he got away with it a bit because yeah. everyone was like, it's so fun to hang out. He's so cool. Oh, your dad's so cool. Right. But you're like, yeah, he's cool, but he's like the king of the losers. And he's also like, not a, he's not like, you can hang out and have drinks with him and joke around, but that's, that's the, the limitation yep. of the relationship. And that doesn't really breed intimacy and true connection. Yeah. So I'm not sure if that your people pleasing was related to that, but I'd love you to talk a little bit about your mom and talk about like your people pleasing behavior. What would you do? Yeah. Tell, talk about that former life of a people pleaser. No, I love that. Thank you so much. And and yeah, I, we did talk a little bit about this. So what I'm about to say is not to receive pity. It just is what sure. it is. It's part of my testimony, part of my story. So I grew up with an alcoholic mother and she was not physically abusive, but emotionally abusive. So anytime I were, I did something well, I was praised. If I did something not well, I was not praised and, and, and I was left alone. And so there was just literally this gaping hole in my heart that said, I want to be loved. I want to be accepted. I need love. I need to be accepted. That that is a huge role of a parent, and mine just dropped the ball in that area for pretty much most of my childhood. And so I hit adult life, and I'm like, I don't, I don't feel very loved. I don't feel lovable. And I had all these unworthy thoughts in my head, and it was like, oh, I don't think I'm good enough to date this guy, or oh, I don't think I'm good enough to pass math class. I mean, this is where it started in high school. And I just real, and then I got into 19, 20, 21, 22 college age. And I'm like, I find myself doing things only to please others so that I, I don't want to rough anyone's feathers. I don't want to have too much of an opinion because I have too much of an opinion. Somebody might disagree. If someone disagrees with me, then I have to have a voice. And I didn't feel like I could really be Danielle Shaw. I That's felt a, like I, I just want to hide. Even almost repeat that because that is such a great explanation of the internal workings. Because as you're listening, you're seeing, right? It's I don't want to I don't want to say my truth because I don't want to cause something that then is going to actually even have to me maybe express more truth or lie again or whatever. Yeah. And so yeah. what you're what you're you're like you're like kind of dancing around, it's emitting, you're not expressing, you're just like avoiding. And in that avoidance, I would go home exhausted. And then yeah, the vibe. Yeah. You can't keep it up. I couldn't keep it up. And then I was like, what in the hell is wrong with me? Wrong question. But at the time, at the time where you kind of like this with everyone, your friends. So I'm assuming there might've been a scenario where like, there's a point where like, you kind of know you're bullshit because you're not saying what you really want to say. Did you even have trust then for them that they liked you for who you were? No, I I questioned that. Yeah. I was, 
I was homecoming queen even at 18. I mean, I was such, I have such a great way to connect with people. And I love that about myself. And to this day being 30, I still am. I'm, yes. I'm actually using it. It still is through right now. It's a great, you're very, you're an extrovert in a the positive ways. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Like this is who I am, but it took me years to finally be able to stand on what I believe and not just like my Christian beliefs, but like who I am as a woman, like if I have a thought now, like I'm not really, I'm not scared to say it and, and say it in a kind way. Right. But that came from realizing I'm not, I'm not only am I exhausted. I'm sure some of you, if you can relate to the people pleasing, you're, you're probably tired and you're like, man, like I would look at other people and be like, oh, they speak their truth so easily. It's so not, I'm almost jealous. Like how can they walk around and just totally be themselves? Whether I agreed or not, that wasn't the point, right? Right. I started to envy almost people who would just completely mm. be themselves. And I was like, I am going to be myself. Forget this. I'm going to learn who Danielle Schaaf is. And I'm going to not only learn who she is, but I'm going to embrace her and then be her. Embrace so how her. Did you, how did you go her. about, how did you go about edging out of people pleasing? Like what, do you remember your first few or uh, important foray into finally going, I'm going to speak up here and not do the same thing? I do. I was 26 years old. I had started intense therapy because my fiance had just broken up with me. My fiance was my best friend of 10 years. And I had what I thought at the time was love, had loved him. And so my whole kind of world came crashing down and I started therapy and I am so grateful that I started therapy. I think everybody can use therapy. It is simply going to somebody who knows more about, about mental health than I do. And we ended up getting into these words like codependency. And I didn't really know much about the word. That's another word for people pleasing, but you know, take it what it is. And so I kind of, I started identifying as a people pleaser. That was the first thing I realized I am a people pleaser. I am have codependent. That helped, that helped that therapy helped you identify yourself. You realize, oh, that's the thing I don't feel yucky about that I'm exhausted about. Self-awareness is first. And I it was very hard for me to become self-aware until I had somebody speaking to me, speaking back to me, listening to me, share my deepest inward parts of myself that I was struggling with. Because my worth was completely questioned and shut down when my this man I thought I loved and I thought trusted with all of my being left. And, and that left me so heartbroken and triggering, trusted. triggering from the mom shit. Yeah. Yeah. And then, okay. So my therapist is like, well, let's, let's heal those mommy wounds. I was like, oh yeah, I guess my mom's an alcoholic and I guess I haven't been loved like my whole life. So probably I was trying to find love in all the wrong places. And on top of that, people pleasing. So not only was love being found in the wrong places, People pleasing was attached to it. I mean, it was a disaster. And so back to your question, I'm in counseling and I'm, and she was like, Hey, Danielle, um, you know, you can put up boundaries with your mom and, and you know, you can, you know, create the type of life that you want and you can actually speak to whoever you want and not speak to whoever you want. And I was like, no one's ever told me that before. I mean, I'm 26. It's not that young. And I'm like, someone's trying to, they're like giving you permission for what you might have been feeling inherently, but felt guilty or too attached to, too codependent in for someone to go, by the way, this is exactly what, you know, Al-Anon is great, great for, right? Which because, Mm I I had someone in my life who many years ago who was uh, issues with this, and I literally had to have a session with an Al-Anon like counselor uh, therapist person who specialized in this, 
and talk to another friend who had been sober for many years for both of them to give me permission to be like, L, this person's been this way this long. They're, you, they're, they may not, that doesn't matter. Yeah. At some point, your behavior is also enabling. Yeah. And it's a tough thing because it's that line between you love them, your family or their boyfriend, whatever the situation is, is attachment, a lifelong friendship. It doesn't matter. Um, and it's funny because I think the moment you, it's not that the other person is always going to get it, but if there's a chance that the other person is going to get it when they're alcoholic, it is when everyone says, guess what? We've had enough. You're out. When we did that with a friend of mine, um, I won't mention his name. He wouldn't mind me telling the story, but I have a friend who's been sober six years now. Before he was sober when he was, I know, before he was sober and he was a disaster. His Well, basically, when he got into rehab, his father called me and said, what did you say to my son? Because oh. he came to us and he said, you and two other of his close friends apparently read him the riot act or did something because it was like the bottom that he had to hit to go to his parents to ask for help. And now he's six years sober, has a new wife and kid. He's doing oh, great. Um, and you know what that was? It was us basically being like, you're done. We're freaking done with you. We're out. You're at your father. Look at what you're doing. Your son, you know, like brutal. It was the brutal day. We finally said no, not only drew the boundary, but we ripped him to shreds. And yeah. apparently we all did that. We didn't even know each other, by the way. Wow. We, think we did. But it wasn't until that time that he was able to, had we done it sooner? Maybe. We all reached our limit, our boundary, you know? Yep. And that's what did. So if anything's going to make somebody pull themselves up, it might be that. It may not. But either way, you got to pull yourself out of it. And that's the hardest thing about being with or having a family member or someone close to you that's going through addiction or is an addict, no matter how nice, no matter how nasty, oh, you know, it's like nothing you can do changes their mind. So what are you going to do? You do you. Uh, and that is so incredible story. First of all, second of all, it's, it's, it's sobering though. It is humbling. I mean, it's been some of the hardest things I've done to date is to admit I have problems and yes, some of them were caused from a deficit of love from my mother. Okay. But I'm an adult and I have to take responsibility for my actions, for my boundaries, for my worth, right? Because I can't create a boundary with somebody if I don't think that I'm worth it. I can't use my yes. voice and speak up for what I need if I don't think that I'm worth it. That's right. And that's why it all go it all goes back to that all of it. Fuck the inner confidence, that yes. self-worth, that self-love. Let me ask you with the, um, all right. So alcoholic people, pleaser, you're finally going, Oh my God, I'm, I need to change myself. Were you always a person of faith? Did you get into that later? Had you always been someone who's been, you, you know, you, you call yourself a faith-based life coach. So when did that faith come in? It has always been there. No, it has not. So I was raised sort of in the Catholic church and we just kind of went anomaly on occasion. And, um, Listen, I'm about to get real, real here with you at 15, all right. At 15 years old, my parents divorced and I started getting into finding love and worth in all the wrong places, attention from boys, drugs, alcohol, stealing. I mean, I've got a crazy testimony. And so I, okay. I did all that crazy. By the way, I just pointed to myself if you're listening because I've admitted yeah. almost all of these things too, which okay. by the way, a lot of kids have alcohol parents <laughs> getting a lot of this kind of fucking shit. Well, it made sense. That's what I'd seen. Totally. Like, like, okay, so I'm going to go to what I see and then praise. I mean, I mean, I played soccer at the time. Here's the thing you, you can relate. I, I mean, I got good grades. I was awesome on the outside, fulfilled on the outside, 
on the inside hurting as hell and just wanting and needing something. And so I had met some awesome women on the soccer team through a um, Young Life. It's a ministry for high schoolers. And they had taken me to this thing called Young Life. It was once a week and they talked about Jesus. I didn't know who Jesus was really. Like I didn't know or think that there was room in my life to have a personal relationship with God. And um, well, I did. And I realized God has come to bring life and life to the full. And he is a real source of unconditional love. Like the love that surpasses anything I will ever see or feel or touch while on earth. And I was so badly craving love that I was like, I don't have anything to lose. And so I started a relationship with Jesus and awesome people, loving people who met me in my pain, met me in my struggle and said, you're worth it, Danielle. You can do this, Danielle. And so paired with this incredible community of Christian believers, paired with the Bible and Jesus himself, paired with my resilient attitude as a 15 year old. I mean, I like my life completely took a 180. I stopped everything. And now it wasn't easy. It was not easy. There has actually been nothing easy about this. I actually lost friends over becoming a Christian. And maybe some of you are listening are like, you know, I don't agree with that faith. And that's totally cool. I'm totally open to combos about, about everything. Um, But that was, it was out of a, painful space that God came and met me, but he continues to this day, 14 years later, it is the same. I wake up some days out and I'm like, I'm, I'm not lovable. I'm not loving. I don't have parents. I can emotionally rely on. I feel lonely. I feel alone. And I have to remind myself that that's just not true. While I feel one way, this is what is true. And I hold on to scripture. I hold on to mantras. I hold on to friends, community, other awesome people I'm meeting on the internet through business. I mean, there's a slew of community and, and, and ways to grow out there. I just have to admit, I need that. And I not need only need it, but want it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I yearn for the day that my mother is sober and not just from alcohol. Cause that's just the first part. Right. Well, because by the way, you can get sober from the substance, but you can still be a dry drunk. It's the behavior yep. that goes along with it. So I think that's yep. what you're <laughs> No, because, because below, come on. Why do people become addicts? Because they don't want to deal. Right. Okay. We so unless all- you deal with that, you've only gotten a little piece of that sober journey. Yeah. Oops. Excuse me. I, I'm one decision away in my, in my coping from becoming an addict. I mean, I am so self-aware that like I, as a people pleaser, as growing up like that, as like wanting love for, as attention instead of free, you know, I have to really watch my lines when I date, watch my lines in my friendships. Like I am just so self-aware, but that's the beauty. A lot of my friends call me strong, but I'm like, no, I'm actually very weak. And I'm actually very self-aware. And in that I've grown to be strong and I want to teach other people how to do this. Let me ask you this. Cause I'm not like, I, I would technically never hire a faith-based coach. Just cause I, I would, I would be like, Oh, well that wouldn't be the person for me because that's kind of not what my life's about. Yeah. But I'm assuming like, let's just be clear. You guys are listening to Danielle. She's cool as hell. If you don't, if you like her and you're not a Christian, I'm sure you coach people that aren't yeah. like, there's other ways to coach. I'm sure you're not coaching directly from the Bible every single time yeah. you're talking to someone, but you might be, if you're talking to someone who does want that faith encouragement. So I just want to make that difference that just yeah. because this is what you call yourself, this is not the only thing that you do um, with regards to how you coach people. 
Yeah, I do think that it's very important, but if the, but I definitely am coaching people, you know, right now who don't think that that's the most important. And we, you know, we talk about those things openly. That's what I love. I'm like, well, let's talk about it then. You know, what do you believe? What do I believe? Let's go there, you know? And it's like, we, how do I say this? It's, it's a journey, right? And just because I'm, I use the word recovering, in, you know, with the Jurin, because it is, it's still ongoing. Like, yes, I have had tons of wins and battles and I'm able to teach this and people get results through working with me. But also it's like, I got to check myself too. I got to check. My mom's still an alcoholic. You know, I still have boundaries with her. I still have boundaries with my friends, with my coworkers, with my own self. Like I I want my yes to be yes. And my no to be no. And I can only live, be a woman like that when I'm walking in my worth. And I truly know like what God says about me and what I say about me. You know what I mean? Like my past does not have to define my present and my future. It just doesn't. No, it's still a choice. And by the way, even if like, for example, my, my father's not alive anymore. He still would have been an alcoholic, (laughs) but here's the thing. It doesn't matter if you know someone's dead or they have stopped drinking and changed. That doesn't mean you don't need to prepare the trauma of the effects of when you were under that. So, you know, just because your embarrassing alcoholic parent died doesn't mean you're off scot-free either. You got some investigating to do because I'm assuming it's affecting your relationships, your work life or whatever else, uh, you know, in whatever way it affected each person individually. Um, I love how open you are about this. Um, I, I think it's it's great that you're like, hey, I think that, you know, faith in God is the best thing. But you know what? For other people, like that's what I use the word universe because it's kind of universal. And for some people, they use the word God. I'm talking to my friends. They'll say God. I say universe just because I don't believe in the God that you believe in or scripture specific. I don't believe in it. But I have that same faith in this thing. I, I might consider it a collective energy versus a person from a story, right? But it's still sort of the same level of kind of believing in an unknown that's there to support you that always has your back right and so um i think and and this is what i chatted with you about too faith is a great way to increase your confidence and to increase your worth if you have a modicum of faith in a religion most of them teach things that will help you feel that if you let it right and Mm -hmm. You know, I wish you were around when I was coaching someone who I could tell did go to church every Sunday and stuff, but they were losing their faith and their their healing journey. They just they threw it off like anybody, like anybody. They were going to church every Sunday. They were just showing up. They weren't in it. Everyone gets off track like that with no matter what it is, right? Um, yeah. And so I brought it up with her, even though I'm not a faith-based coach. I know enough about faith and Christianity and her religion to help coach her in that arena. But I think it would have been really helpful to just be like, call Danielle so that yeah. you get your faith back, so that you get some yeah. hope back, so you can start to generate some good intention and some good vibes and putting the, the lightness out versus the I'm never going to get better vibe. Yes. And so I love that you do call yourself a faith-based coach and that you're in that because there are so many people that are religious and, and like the story lose their faith at certain times, need to renew, Uh or maybe never was sparked up enough anyway. And that's where you can help them too. Yes. Yes. And yes, because God is very much living and active. And I understand ruts happen. Listen, crap happens to all of us. None of us are, my counselor and I used to talk about this. None of us are free of trauma. Like we can protect ourselves as much as we can, but we are only in control of so much but we better be in control of what we are gifted and given in this life. That is like our responsibility. And it, it is something to be enjoyed and, 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 
and embraced, you know, instead of like shying away from or always honing in on what's not working versus what is working in life. And it's just every day I wake up with a choice, you know, who am I going to serve today and how am I going to live my day? And I get to choose. That's actually the biggest gift I think we're given. But when we are not in the right headspace, like you said, when our minds are filled with what's gone on wrong or what's not working, like, of course, you're not going to want to choose because you may not be able to, or it may be a struggle. And guess what? That's okay. So then hire somebody or talk to somebody or find a way to make the life that you really want and that you deserve because Life is, again, it's short, but it's not, it's not free of pain, but pain can be turned into anything that you want it to be. Anything. Absolutely. The worst things that happened in my life, like I told you, have been the best hypothyroidism and a permanent injury, which would be like, I'm cursed. God hates me. These are horrible things. Oh, turns out they were great. Turns out they were all in support of a future goal. I didn't realize it was absolutely. So gifts, some of the biggest life, you know, gifts in life come wrapped in shit. That's uh, totally like a mantra. You just got to give it, it a minute. <laughs> you have to have faith and give it a minute. Something will be good. Um, you know, I yeah. saw something talking about worth. I was watching like a Valentine's Hallmark movie, whatever, something on TV, like one of those movies. And um, sometimes I put those on because they're super sweet and innocent. And you're just like, it's like, whatever's. And so I had this on, it was like a Valentine's Day. And someone was, or what the show was, they're talking to a little girl who was afraid she'd never find anybody or like, oh, no one likes me for the dance or whatever that was. Yeah. And the person said something very classic that we've heard a lot. Oh, someday you're going to make some boy really happy. And I was like, at the TV, I was like, how dare you? How about a boy will find you? He'll make you happy. How dare you? Like, I just had this moment of being like, oh, it's interesting the way our language or how I caught that. Nothing wrong with that. It yeah. goes both ways, but it's just funny. Like, you'll, you'll, hey, hey, how about someone's going to make me happy? How about that? Why is the onus on me? This goes back to worth. It's like walking into a date and going, I hope they like me. No, you hope you like them. And that's where I brought that up because that has a worth thing that I saw in a TV thing. It's just, it's a line. It's just one sentence in a TV movie. And I'm going, "Mm." you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Girl, if you find yourself working for your worth, then you have to do some inward looking. Right. Right. Why am I doing that? If you're showing up to a date saying, oh, I hope he likes me. Or, or if you're showing up to meet up with a friend and like, oh, I hope that we don't have any hard conversations. Or if you're showing up to your parent, like, oh, I hope they don't like say something that makes me feel like shit again. The question is not with any of them. It's with you. Where is your worth and what are you going to do about it? And it's a hard truth to come to. Again, it is very hard to face that and to get super honest with yourself. But that is where breakthrough comes. That is where confidence comes. That is where true freedom is on the other side of that. Because if not, you're in bondage to people pleasing. You're in bondage to codependency. You're in bondage to not being your authentic self. That is so great and beautiful and amazing and and, and wouldn't you love wouldn't, don't we all want someone to love us and see our worth for who we are not for some Jesus. fake manufactured people pleasing fake pretend outward something because you don't get away with that because you know they don't know the true you you're never going to be able to trust it but when you're yourself and you're authentic and then someone does respond that way and you find someone who cares about you loves you friend family boyfriend girlfriend whatever you know it's because you've been showing them the truth and therefore it is true they love you for who you are not for who you're showing them to be 
That's real. Here, listen to this. My last boyfriend, I'll be, I'm honest about this because it's just real. Yeah, I've learned to be honest. My ex, um, at the very end, he, of our relationship, he said, you know, I feel like you're using me Danielle. And I was like, no, I'm not using you. Like you're wrong. But on the inside I was, I was using him for his, um, support and his attention and the free meals. And I was like, we broke up for a lot of reasons. He was an addict and lied to me, but the reality of it is, is I, I was, I was people pleasing again. I fell right back into not being my true authentic self. And it cost me a relationship. I, I own my part of it. He right. had his, it wasn't meant to be as an addict, but still meant to be. right. Right. And, and that's another thing. Why so what could you have brought in if you weren't in that space? And again, that's the thing too. You brought that in. That was a lesson and a gift combined in one. Sometimes they are. We need to learn this stuff. But it's like, oh, once you learn it, then you can attract an upper level of experience. Less yeah. heartache, less trauma breakup, less trauma, right? All that yes. stuff. And that's exactly what's coming my way because I'm a different woman. That was like seven, seven, eight months ago. Like I'm a completely different woman because of it. In fact, I've launched like a bunch of like, new clients and this incredible wave of like people. And I'm like, yes, like it's possible. Anything's possible. That I put my mind to, and I just believe that for myself and the, from God to me. And then I can help and encourage other people in that. Cause the battle is real. Yeah, it's real. It's like, real. And, we, and there's no shame, shame off. Shame off. No shame about your shame. You don't have to do a Facebook video about it, but you got to talk to someone about it. You got to get it out. Therapist, coach, whatever. You got to get good with it. And it doesn't mean you ever have to tell anyone about it. You could take it to the grave, but you got to get good with it in yourself right. or it's always going to creep up as a shame thing. That's going to affect the outward projection of who you are. And it's not going to attract the right scenarios. Let's talk a little bit about walk in your worth series. We will yes. put the link in the show notes um, at blog.primalblueprint.com and I'll put it on the social media um, posts that I do for this episode, uh, a link for you to connect. It's already over, but let's tell you how many speakers did you have and just give us five. That was a really fun conversation with you that I had on there. I had such a fun conversation with you too, Elle. And, um, real quick, it's walkinyourworstseries.com. I'll put a link and it, I got 22 speakers and the idea is not settling in life, like being proud of who you really are. We talk about things like confidence, um, leveling up and dating, you know, knowing your true worth. We talk, I talk with married people, single people, dating coaches, psychologists, um, pastors, um, yeah. Counselors like uh, across the board and just an encouragement. I mean, there's a little something for everybody in there. There's a little something, a little interview, a little piece of content. I've gotten tons of feedback on how these interviews are really helping people, you know, know their worth and realize like, you know what, I've been putting that podcast off for, for 10 years. It's time to do that podcast. Or, you know what, I've been having this cycle and dating. It's, it's time to, for a change. And it's like, awesome. Awesome. You can change. You can do it. Like I'm here. If you want support, or find somebody else, or just listen to the content and be blessed by it. Absolutely. I mean, so many of the summits that I've either been a part of, listened to later, because I was a part of, or I was a participant, it's, it's always so much great content in one. Yes. And you get so many good nuggets, you never know. I mean, I've had someone just say one sentence that's like, changed my whole shiz. Do you know what it. I mean? And maybe yes. you think about something. So, yes. uh, Give us the website one more time. I'll put the links in the show notes though. Yeah. Walkinyourworthseries.com. Great. Um, What else would you like to leave with our audience? I'm just, I was so uh, grateful to meet you. I think people who know me and have heard me a ton of time, a ton over the years 
would hear you and go, oh, I can see why Elle likes her. That makes me so happy, first of all. Second of all, I would never have met you, Elle, if it wasn't for me putting on this summit, for example. You know, it's incredible. I love meeting new people. And I think what I would say is just the question, are you walking in your worth? Yeah. Are you living the life that you know you are worth and that you want to build? And if not, that's the good news. You can make a change. And if you are, that's also the good news. Keep going. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll put everything to connect with Danielle on social media, et cetera, and her amazing summit series. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Primal Blueprint listeners don't compromise on pantry classics. Whether you're going keto, paleo, in the middle of a whole 30 month, or adding to your Primal approved arsenal, Primal Kitchen has a full range of mayo, ketchup, dressings, and oils that add flavor and variety to any meal without ever compromising on ingredient quality. From avocado oil-based mayos bursting with flavors like kicky chipotle lime, creamy classic, zesty garlic aioli, or savory pesto, to unsweetened ketchups and organic mustards, there's a condiment to complement every taste bud. Be sure to stock up on Primal Kitchen avocado oil, extra virgin olive oil, and new balsamic vinegar of Modena to add ease and great flavor to any dish, whether you're grilling, baking, broiling, braising, sauteing, or stir-frying. Primal Blueprint listeners can get their favorites 20% off when they use the code PRIMALBLUEPRINT at checkout.